Hello, and welcome to Improbable Things. I'm Jay Grace Pennington, and this is my podcast where I share six improbable thoughts before breakfast, which for me consists of six thoughts about reading, writing, or storytelling in general. So I have sat down, got my six thoughts ready to share with all of y'all, and I am ready to get started. Before I dive in, I will say that this is, I think, the first time that I am not actually recording before breakfast. <laughs> Normally, the reason that I have to do that, as you all know, is that I have little kids that get up and will need me, and the environment with little kids running around is not necessarily conducive to peaceful podcast recording. <laughs> so I get up early to get it recorded and edited and all of that. But um, this weekend actually is my husband's and my wedding anniversary. And so um, my girls have gone to stay with their grandparents for a few days so we can have a little quality time celebrating. And so I actually have the freedom to record whenever I want today, but I did still want to go ahead and get it done in the morning, but it is weird that it's not before the crack of dawn. So anyway, just thought I would share that. Um, But getting into my six things, number one uh, was it, I think the day before yesterday, I finished revisions on Radialloy, which was right on schedule, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. I think that I really accomplished my goal of just polishing it up. Um, Again, other than changing the main character's age, I didn't really do anything else to change the story, the plot, or anything except just like little like tweaks to... um, There was a few typos, but mostly it was more just like some style things to improve it, some grammar and punctuation issues. Apparently I had no idea what a comma splice was back then because my writing was full of them. Very embarrassing, but, um, and also just, um, and again, not even a ton of things like this, but there were a few places where something was just worded a little off. And so I just polished that up and then a whole lot of it was removing things, either removing mostly, a word or two, but sometimes even a sentence or two that were just completely unnecessary. And I'm going to get more into that in my sixth thing later on when I go into my little ramble. Um, but yeah, just mostly lots and lots of removing things, much more than adding anything. Um, I don't know that I really, I mean, there might've been one or two spaces where I needed to add something for clarification, but I honestly can't even remember any. It was mostly just removing superfluous things and changing a lot of commas to either semicolons or periods. (laughs) So I'm really happy with how it turned out and send it off to my formatter. Super excited to get this out there. So number two, following that, I did get started yesterday on the revisions for In His Image. And um, one thing that I did find with Radio Alloy is that as I was going through it, while there was a lot of embarrassing things on sort of the word and sentence level, the story as a whole, I was actually really happy with. And I felt like, you know, this is a good story, honestly, like, especially for having been written over 10 years ago, I felt like, you know, I was still enjoying it. I still feel like it's something people could enjoy. So that was encouraging. Um, Within his image, I didn't even finish the first chapter yet. And it feels like, interestingly, it actually needs a little more work, at least for this part. Maybe this is just a rough beginning, but I don't know. I just feel like it's not going quite as smoothly already, even just a little bit in. So we'll see how it goes from here. I'll keep you all updated, I'm sure. But it just, a lot of it feels 
clunky and unnecessary just in these first few pages. And so that's kind of interesting given that it was written afterwards, but you know, sometimes that's how it goes. So I'm curious how that's going to go. I'm going to try to get a whole lot of work on it done today so that I can take it a little bit easier during our anniversary weekend. But um, I will definitely also be curious to sort of revisit or pre-visit Elazone since this is where he's introduced and I've just, you know, released Eletheria, which is where we come back to him again. And so kind of getting to go back and compare so soon, so soon after revisiting him to go back to his introduction and just see how it holds up, um, make sure everything's consistent, things like that. So number three, just a quick update on Humanoid, the book that's currently being released. I don't really have too much to say about it. I'm just continuing to put out really short chapters on Bella every weekday. And um, I haven't finished putting them up yet, so I can't say for sure, but I think the paperback and ebook should be at this point coming out in late April or in May. Uh, I'm not totally sure which yet. I would probably say May just to be safe, which is a lot later than I was originally intending. And I'm actually thinking, given how long this is taking, of sort of rearranging my publishing schedule because I was going to do a, a Vela story completely unrelated, just, you know, especially for Vela in between Humanoid and working on getting intoxication out. But because I would really like to also get intoxication out this year, I think I'm going to go ahead and just do that next and then I'll do my Vela story like while that's being released. I think that would be a good fit. So yeah, uh, hopefully you can look forward to maybe in the fall getting book nine. And I'm sure I'll share more about that as it progresses and share changing plans. And also I'll have to figure out how to factor in, you know, working with a newborn and changing schedule and everything. So number four, this past Sunday, um, well, a little bit before that, a friend had texted, you know, me and a few other friends and said, hey, we'd love for y'all to come over on Sunday night and have snacks and hang out. And oh, also there'll be a football game on if anybody is interested, <laughs> by which I'm sure you can gather that us and most of our friends are not massive football fans. I personally don't care about any sports at all. <laughs> like I have zero amount of interest. So um, for us, it was really just an excuse to go over there and hang out and have cold snacks. And it was really a sweet time. But what really just cracked me up is like, I know at one point, as once the TV got turned on and the game gets turned on, Violet came to me and she said, there's a big TV in there and they turned on a grown-up show and I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I just said, that's okay. You don't have to watch it. And so she and both of her sisters went off to these friends' bookshelves. They all found books and then they all just sat in a row and were just all reading their books. And I had to take pictures of that and chronicle it because of course we go to Super Bowl parties to read books. That absolutely makes sense to me. And that's exactly what I do anytime I go to a friend's house is like study their bookshelves. And, and uh, I just think that's the most important part of any home. And so yeah, all my girls were just sitting there reading and it was super adorable. Number five on my currently reading, um, I was trying to just intersperse some nonfiction between a few fiction books that are on my to-read list. So I grabbed a book by C.S. Lewis off my shelf that I I don't even remember where I got it. I think either I found it like at a thrift store or someone gave, was getting rid of it and gave it to me or something like that. Um, but it's called The Weight of Glory. And it's basically just a collection of some of his sermons or essays or whatever. I think they were originally like preached live to maybe like 
colleges or churches. I'm not even really sure but um, what the original context was, but it's just several different sort of treatises on different subjects. And it's just been so good. Like I really want to prioritize reading the C.S. Lewis works that I haven't read yet because there really are a lot of them. And I've been such a um, admirer of C.S. Lewis for so long. I don't know why I haven't gotten to more of his stuff. There's just too much to read in the world, I guess. But I'm really glad I'm getting to this one. It's been really good and it's pretty short, you know, um, but just it's still not going as quickly as I anticipated for what a small book it is because it's just so meaty. Like I have to really stop and digest um, what I'm reading. And I've already sent quotes to friends, recommended it to friends like multiple times as I've been reading because, I mean, it's there's just a special kind of wisdom that I feel God gifted him with in how to express realities of the Christian life. And it just always helps me see really important truths in just such a valuable way, I think. And so, yeah, I definitely not finished with it, but can already say I totally recommend this one. Really glad I picked it up. Um, but with as with all C.S. Lewis works, you have to be prepared to just slow down and digest it because it is not something, his work is never something you just want to skim. <laughs> it's just too much um, good stuff in there that you really have to focus on to get everything out of it. So number six, I said I was going to come back to some thoughts I had on removing things from some of my older books. And one thing I just noticed, and especially going through, because I mean, I went through this in basically a little less than two weeks. I went through the whole book and, you know, tweaked it and polished it and whatever. And so I really got kind of a big picture view, maybe more than I ever have of this story and kind of a snapshot of my writing at that point in my life. And I was just so struck by the amount of words and phrases and terms that I use that seem to be clearly there just to, I want to say, to avoid a firm commitment. <laughs> if that sounds weird, I'll try to explain. So I use a lot of words like somehow and almost and slightly and words that were not fully committing to whatever I'm saying next or previously. So like I would say, you know, she'd be walking down the hall and she'd be like, I felt somehow like blah, 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 felt somehow like I was being followed or whatever. Or she would say, you know, he sounded almost angry or um, I jumped slightly or whatever. And it's, these are all things that soften the impact of whatever else is being said. And at that time, even I knew that you're not supposed to do that, but it was just like, there was something in me that had this fear of fully committing to whatever emotion or action I was trying to portray and it seemed, I know it seemed at the time, and sometimes I still do this. Look, my editor is constantly removing words like slightly and almost from my books, even now. But at least now I think I can see it, especially going back to something that I've been kind of separated from for a while and for so many years. I can look at it and just say, I don't need to say somehow like she doesn't need to feel like this somehow like there's no reason for that to be there like she can just feel it like I can just allow her to feel whatever it is if someone is angry they can just be angry like I think at the time it felt very extreme to say you know that he sounded angry when that's not like you can tell and also there's there's context like you can tell 
from what this person's saying that he's not like in a massive rage like he's just angry we get angry that's a normal thing you don't have to be almost angry or slightly angry like you could just be angry <laughs> and I think it really showed an immaturity in my writing and I'm sure also in myself of just not wanting to fully commit not being willing to go all the way into whatever I was trying to communicate and trying to hold back um, because it seemed just a little bit safer, I guess. And it's kind of hard to explain or really even even put my finger on just in my own mind. But it's so it was so clear just looking at it, like, again, over the space of just a couple weeks, looking at an entire book and seeing, I mean, I was removing probably dozens of those kinds of things every page. Like, it was crazy. Or um, a little bit similar, but a little bit more... I don't know, maybe more subtle, I don't know, version of the same thing would be just adding another sentence of explanation onto something that didn't need it. Like she would say, I'm trying to think of examples, but she might say that, you know, she felt this way and then explain why or something. And like, you don't need, I don't need both of those things. I can just give the reason for her feeling or state the feeling, whichever is going to work, but you don't, I don't need to keep explaining it. Like as I think that even was a version of being afraid of fully committing, of just saying that she feels a certain way or saying that she's reacting to something without having to really go into it, really make sure people understand why she's feeling that way. Instead of just letting it stand, like letting a statement stand on its own, I had to give so many like qualifiers to it. And it is also nice to see, like even though I feel when I'm going over my edits, like my editor is having to remove a lot of those things, a lot of me saying slightly, but it still is nowhere near what it was. Like I said, it was multiples per page back, you know, 11 years ago. And now, you know, he's maybe having to do a dozen of them in the whole book. Uh, and so that is encouraging to see that I still understand and I still have that impulse in me to sort of avoid fully committing to what I'm saying, but I have grown and I am more willing. And the fact that I could look back at my old writing and see it so clearly and completely understand the need to wipe those things out and to just say what I want to say without holding back and without qualifiers. And I think that's something I'm thinking about writing a blog post too, so I'm kind of like word vomiting and on y'all and y'all can be my guinea pigs for this topic. If I ever even have time, I don't seem to get around to blogging very much anymore. So maybe this will just be it. But I think that I'd also do that in other ways besides just word choice, because there is something very fearful about putting yourself out there in a story and in your writing. It's very vulnerable. And I've talked about this a lot before, but I was thinking there's one example. There's a, the book that I wrote um, for NaNoWriMo a couple of years ago, um, that I'm still trying to get up the courage to edit and publish because it is very personal. And even the first draft, which I have no intention of showing anyone is just for me. I still know there's places I even knew as I was writing it, I'm holding back here. I'm going to have to go back and change this. Like there is a struggle that the main character has that I did not want to write about. And so when I finally have her confess this struggle to a friend, I could not bring myself to actually have her share 
to write out the conversation where she is sharing in her words what happened. I had to write out a summary of it. Like instead of her sitting there in the moment in this chair with her cup of tea telling her friend this happened to me when I was this age and this is how I responded, you know, and having her friend react. And instead of writing out that scene, I just wrote one paragraph that was basically like, and then I told her that this was my struggle and had gone on this long and, you know, she listened. Like I could not write out the scene because it felt, it was just, again, it is a commitment to put these things on paper. Like it is just saying something in the strongest way is vulnerable or at least it feels vulnerable and so I even knew like I have to go back as I'm writing it I'm telling myself I like can't even show this to anyone until I go back and do this the right way (laughs) um and it's okay like that's how I had to do it for the first draft that's fine but I definitely think there's there is a lot of that fear of fully committing to what I'm saying in my writing so that's something but again clearly I've made so much progress and I'm able to really see that I don't think at all that I would have seen it, even though I knew those principles, I don't think I would have seen it at all, you know, 11 years ago when I first wrote Ray Alloway. So knowing that I've come this far, I can recognize it in a very small way. It seems like very weird to say you need to have courage to remove the words slightly and almost, but it does. It just takes that tiny, tiny bit of courage to say, no, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say with no apologies for it. And so anyway, that's something I'm really working on. And it is also making me see with new eyes the ways that I'm doing it, either in small ways or big ways in my writing now, and really want to grow in those areas and to have the courage to step up and just say it. Just say it. So thank you all so much for listening. I always appreciate, again, everyone that takes the time to listen to all of my thoughts and rambles about stories and storytelling and all of my works in progress. So I would love to hear from you. Let me know um, any of your thoughts, if you've noticed any of these kinds of um, fears or vulnerabilities when it comes to committing to your own works of creativity or in other people's work. It's a subject that I'm very immersed in lately and would love to discuss. Um, did you go to any Super Bowl parties and was there any reading involved or did you actually want to watch people throw a football around? <laughs> and if you've read Weight of Glory, let me know your thoughts or what C.S. Lewis book you would recommend that I read next because I really need to read all of them. So yes, thank you all again so much for listening. I hope that everyone has a great day and a great weekend ahead and stay improbable. Bye.